0: uh uh i i don't have a joke i don't know anything about this person
1: it'ch manners <laughs> Your wife host Teresa McElroy.
0: And you're listening to Shman.
1: It's extraordinary etiquette. For
0: ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove.
1: Hello, dear. You're giving me lots of neck.
0: Lots of shoulder and lots neck. Lots of shoulder and neck. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I had my bones removed. <laughs> now I'm back from uh, San Diego Comic Con and the uh, Adventure Zone graphic novel book tour. Woo! Available now at many fine booksellers and uh, online at theadventurezonecomic.com. Get yours. And four other copies today. Um, (laughs) But now I am back. That's why we're a little bit late this week. And it's why we didn't put out a call for questions. And instead we're doing one of our uh, biography series. And here's the thing. I, no joke, know nothing about this. Like earlier today, we were talking about who we could do. And Teresa said we could do.
1: Mrs. Beaton.
0: And I said, who? And she said, perfect.
1: So I think that you are going to kick yourself the second that I tell you about how I thought of Mrs. Beaton. Okay. She is mentioned by Sue Perkins in Supervisors Go Victorian. Uh huh. Um, as Mrs. Beaton's, um, household, basically encyclopedia for household management.
0: Oh, right, right, yeah, right, right. I right. see. I mean, I still don't know anything about her past that, but sure. <laughs> I now at least know how you knew. I know the reference now.
1: Okay, well, let's start from the beginning then.
0: A very good place to start, I am told.
1: So, Mrs. Beaton was born a Le- Isabella Mary Mason um, to... Benjamin and Elizabeth Mason.
0: Okay. In London. I don't know them either. Right. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure you kind of looked at me like you said it, like, as if I'm supposed to like oh, the Masons, of <laughs> course. No, but
1: this is the beginning. Um, and her father died. So her mother remarried uh, a man who happened to be a widower who had like four children already. Uh-huh. So we're starting kind of a Brady Bunch family here. Gotcha. Um, they went on to have lots of children together.
0: So they already had four and one, so they have five kids, and they have more than that? Yes. Wow. Um. Different times. Yes. Um, and so. Not that there's anything weird now about having more than five kids. It just isn't the norm now, you know? Yeah, you all know what I mean. I'm not trying to discriminate against people who have multiple kids, but it's surprising to hear. You know what? Forget I said anything. Go on. Um
1: and she was the oldest so at at some point she was put in charge of all of the the younger children mm-hmm. um, and so from a very young age she was kind of i don't know like a what do they say an old soul
0: yeah she she had a lot of responsibility at a very young age yeah That goes, I mean, that makes sense along with the one thing I know about her of the household management book of if you get good at, like, running kids and stuff, like, okay, that tracks, that makes sense where she developed that skill set.
1: Certainly. And so then she grew up that way, you know, as you do. And um, she married a man who... Wasn't a publisher at the time, was kind of like a wannabe writer, really, Mm -hmm. Uh, but then ended up kind of in publishing because what he he really did was put together a magazine. Okay. Right? So he was more somewhere between a publisher and editor anyway. He was well-to-do and together they made a very comfortable living. Um so they were part of the new middle class of Victorian London. Now here's the thing about this new middle class, the nouveau
0: riche. Uh-huh. It was new.
1: It was new. So a lot of people who had not been raised with say servants, uh-huh, or say indoor plumbing, uh-huh. I mean which was new anyway, but you're you get my drift, the kind of like trappings of the middle class. Really didn't know what they were supposed to like. So,
0: this is like when you suddenly get upgraded to like first class and then they like hand you a hot towel and you're like, I what? And you just start cleaning off the screen in front of you, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) It's for your face and hands, just mostly your hands because it's dirty in an airport, but it's also nice to have the kind of warm refresher. Do it on your face first Mm -hmm. if you're going to do face and then hands so you're not transferring all the dirt from your hands. I've flown first class before, and I've seen movies.
1: <laughs> so, this book of household management was kind of, like I said, an encyclopedia for these people who really wanted to behave, you know, that classically Victorian manner.
0: <gasps> this makes complete sense. Because but they
1: it, didn't know how.
0: Right, because if you think about it, a book like this wouldn't have been necessary before the middle class started to develop because they just learned it like from birth. Right. But the middle class you could earn your way into mm-hmm. and then you might not be in a family that ever had to worry about it before. And you would need a, a you know, a, a, like an, you know, idiot's guide to blank, you know, that makes complete sense why this wasn't around before. Oh, OK. As with most of our biographies, I am already fascinated. Go on, Teresa.
1: Well, so she and her husband Samuel um, put together this this magazine, right? Um, the Englishwoman's Domestic Magazine, and she published these these, I guess, chapters, mm-hmm. kind of in the in the magazine as a periodical, right? So okay. the book didn't come together of over a thousand pages, by the way. The book didn't come together until all of the magazine articles had gone through to the public already. I think there were like 24 volumes as far as like the magazine goes. That doesn't seem
0: unheard of. Right. Because that's I think Charles Dickens did right. that a bunch. And a lot of people did that where it's like serialized and is like, well, by the you know next month's thing for the child. Tra- Arthur Conan Doyle did that a lot, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He worked hard for his time. He probably didn't. Anyways,
1: so even though they enjoyed a period of of you know success with this publication, and especially Mrs. Beaton, um, they actually had uh, two miscarriages, oh. um, and then one of their sons, Samuel, I guess junior. I mean, guess not really junior because you have to. Anyway, I don't know how those names work, but <laughs> Samuel um, did survive for two years, but then was was he died of the croup, um, yeah, and then they had another son, which they also named Samuel, um, who lived longer, and then um, so. This was kind of like, here's the thing. A lot of the parts of the book were comprised of recipes, and it's important for two reasons. Okay. First of all, it's important to know that she didn't like make up these recipes. A lot of these recipes were well-known and passed-down recipes that, again, you wouldn't have known if you hadn't been living in these stately homes that had these recipes and kitchens to cook them in, right? So it was kind of like an assemblage of recipes. And she gets a little bit of flack um, because, you know, they're not original recipes, but she never really...
0: They're all extra crispy.
1: (laughs) Thank you. She never really said that she was going to be like, that she was like some like cookery writer. Mm -hmm. She's more of a kind of... I don't know, organizer? Yeah. Copy editor? Co- kind compiler. Of? Compiler. Perfect.
0: That happens now, right? Like, people will make... I Granted, it's probably different because I don't know if she, like... She probably didn't considering the times, but, like, pay people. These seem like common knowledge recipes. Yeah. That you couldn't necessarily credit. But the people do this with like poetry books. Right. Of like sure. they pay people for the rights to publish their poems and books.
1: Right. I mean, she probably didn't pay
0: anybody. Right. But... Well, it's hard. Right. Because I not that I want to forgive that because people should be paid for their work. But if you're looking at like a biscuit recipe that like everybody makes, how do you trace back to like who invented the biscuit? recipe? Sure.
1: And copyright ra- laws were notoriously lax during mm-hmm. this period in, in England anyway um, and the other thing the other thing that she really did do as far as recipes goes which like I said is probably 80 percent of the book um, is she invented the kind of format that we see in recipes today instead of being printed and described in kind of I would say prose form right Mm -hmm. like a story She was one of the first editors to list ingredients, sometimes even going so far as to list how much the ingredients cost um, in the list. So that you as a cook could look at the recipe and amass all of your ingredients and budget and budget in one fell swoop. And you wouldn't have to read through the paragraph of the recipe in order to figure out what you needed
0: that's so useful as a i'd like to bake and cook because being able to quickly index that and flip through and look lets you know okay well if i buy a dozen eggs i can make this one and this one and this one and this one and this one Mm -hmm. without having to read it like a book
1: right yeah, right okay. right whereas before sometimes um recipes didn't contain weights and measures they didn't contain um like heating index so i mean and a lot of these were kind of done on a fire at some point right but so this is like,
0: a lot more like the technical challenges of great british yeah. Bake Off.
1: <laughs> but her book made it so that anybody could reproduce these recipes and she did a great deal of meal planning within the recipe sections where she would like talk about so on monday make a leg of le- a leg of mutton and then on tuesday chop the mutton up and put it in a pie and then on Wednesday make sure that you have the drippings left over from the mutton on Monday and you can fry this up and like she would kind of plan your week this way
0: see that once again makes total sense because if you're looking at this middle class right you you suddenly have this bridge between people who have never had to worry about waste before Mm -hmm. and the other side being people who never had to worry about waste because they never had waste because they were you know scraping together whatever they could so if you find yourself at a place where you're like well I don't really Have enough money to like make something and throw out the extra, but I do have enough money that I could buy something nice as like a treat, like and use it all week, and use it all week. This makes complete sense as to why this was necessary during this specific time period.
1: Um, it so aside from cooking, the other like 20 percent was knowledge about illnesses and personal hygiene, about sanitary needs, and even there was like legal advice in there. Um, There was also a lot of advice regarding domestic staff because, like I said, this new middle class didn't know about maybe servants and what they should pay them and what their duties might be and things like that. Um, So I would like to go through... One of the lists that she said a kitchen needs in order to be properly stocked, because well, some of these are really fun.
0: Before we do that, a little teaser. Let's take a trip and do some thank you notes to our sponsors.
1: This week, Schmanners is sponsored in part by Sun Basket.
0: Sun basket?
1: Yeah, they. Sun, de-
0: tell me more. Go. What? They basket. Deli- of sun. Uh, the sun's so hot. How's it in a basket? The sun's in the skies. Not- what? Oh, I do declare.
1: <laughs> sun Basket delivers delicious meal kits right to your door, making healthy cooking easy and convenient for any busy lifestyle.
0: Sort of like what we're talking about this week with the recipes and stuff of like. I was, this is my favorite thing about meal subscription services. They always send you way too much food. And they say, like, <laughs> two people, one meal, and you have leftovers, and, like, it's great for lunch the next day. Anyways, go on.
1: Um. So Sun Basket prides themselves on providing organic produce, maybe responsibly raised meats and seafood and things like that. Um, and... Some of the really delicious recipes. Um, SoCal fish tacos with avocado and lime yogurt. I made last night another taco of turkey and black bean tacos with cucumber salsa. Even BB loved it. Mm. Loved those. She liked the cucumber salsa especially. Delicious. Um, so Sun Basket delivers pre-portioned ingredients um, in all all together in one bag which we love so every meal comes pre-packaged together there's no rummaging through anything Um, and there's also
0: no shopping i mean you might need to provide (laughs) some like salt and like olive oil but you don't have to like oh no i don't have any fresh ginger or whatever like no it's all right there in the bag
1: and there are so many options as far as recipes go they've got paleo gluten-free lean and clean Vegan, Mediterranean, even a family size option. And there's really just so much more. So um, what you can do is you can go to sunbasket.com manners schmanners today and you'll get $35 off your first order. Once again, sunbasket.com manners schmanners for your $35 off. Sunbasket.com slash schmanners.
0: can I ask you a very personal question?
1: You always do.
0: How are your teeth?
1: Kind of fuzzy right now.
0: Yeah, well, we just had dinner. her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I'll tell everybody a little tragic backstory of Travis McCoy. My teeth weren't always so great. There was a time I had some really bad gum issues, y'all, because I was not taking care of my chompers. I've had, like, in my lifetime, no exaggeration, like 20 fillings, and that's just like on my adult teeth. I'm
1: cringing, but you can't hear it.
0: I know. Listen. I didn't always take care of my teeth. But you know what? I one night had uh, what I will say a religious experience uh, (laughs) regarding my terrible gum issues. And now I take tooth care very seriously, floss twice a day, go to the dentist every like four to six months, if not sooner, just to be like, am I still good? And I've started using an electric toothbrush because it is better for gum care. And I know what you're saying. But Travis... I can't go out and spend, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, $100 on an electric toothbrush. No, of course you can't. That would be ridiculous. And here's the good news you don't have to because you can go to quip.com. Quip is a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes and packs premium vibrations for a perfect two minute clean.
1: I love that two minute timer. It gives you little buzzes mm-hmm. after 30 seconds so you know to switch to another spot. Love right. it.
0: Because that's the other thing. It's like, one, we don't take good care of our teeth. And here's the thing. Human beings, we're all bad at estimating time, right? You start brushing <laughs> people like, it's been two hours. It's like, no, it's been 30 seconds, right? And with right. Quip and the pulsing, you don't have to worry about that. And they'll deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. And that includes free shipping worldwide. So. Clip starts at just $25, and that's such a good deal. And you know what? Let me tell you one more thing about Clip that I love. It comes in its own little carrying case tube thing that you can stick onto a mirror and have its own little holder there. But the tube is also like a perfect travel holder. Yeah. So, like, I take it with me whenever I go, and, like... I have. And that
1: intro kit also comes with like toothpaste, right? I love that toothpaste.
0: And before I was on Quip, I had another uh, electric toothbrush that broke, but it was so big and had so many pieces and was so fragile, I never would have taken it traveling with me. But Quip is perfect for travel and I will say, very durable. Um, So Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Go now and start taking care of your chompers. And Rolling. the news today is terrible so why not forget about it while listening to jonah radio uh, with cash hartzell hey everybody featuring neil mahoney also me this is a podcast where we play music submitted by a uh, listener we hang out we listen to new tunes and uh we take submissions at jonah radio r-a-y-d-i-o at gmail.com come and check us out we're here anyway yeah we'll yeah be here. so and that's it back to your regularly scheduled uh podcast
1: Oh God, I hope this one goes.
0: If you want to make ends meet in a hip town, the kind with great coffee, lots of dog parks, you're going to need a side hustle. In Brooklyn, maybe you drive rideshare. In Fairhaven, it's more like... Well, it's more like slaying psychic beasts with your custom-balanced throwing knives. Hey, are you from Hunter? Hunter? I guess so. Hold on, I have to ask you some stuff. Are you hurt? No. Do you feel yourself developing strange powers? I mean, I saw a ghost once. Uh, okay, I'm going to put down no. Okay. So, you're having some sort of monster issue. Oh, um, it's like a pod, I guess? Um, here it is. Is, is that what you call it? Like, like a pod? Yeah, pod works. Oh, it's opening! Ah! Oh Morgan leaps back and positions the metal spear she's been carrying on her back. She points it towards the bug, which swipes the spear away just as an electrical bolt fires from the tip. It hits the gate to a petting zoo, and a bunch of baby goats come streaming out. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how cute this is? It's great. I hope someone's filming it. Oh, my God. I just love baby goats. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. Okay, tell me about this list of stuff that every kitchen needs. Well,
1: it seems, okay, I want to set up and say that this is just kitchen equipment, not dining room equipment or any kind of like dishes or whatever. Okay. And it's long, it's exhaustive, so I'm going to go through it really quickly, okay? Okay. Okay. One tea kettle, one toasting fork, one bread grater, one pair of brass candlesticks. Wait, sorry,
0: go back. Sorry, I know. All right. Bread grater. I don't know what like that is. G R A D E R? Like to make sure the slices. Great. Greater. G
1: R A T E R. Greater.
0: To, like, make breadcrumbs or croutons, I sure. guess? Okay. Sorry. I interrupted. Go on.
1: <clears throat> one teapot and tray. One bottle jack. Don't know what that is. Six bottle sp- opener, probably? Maybe. Okay. Six spoons. Two candlesticks. One candle box. Six knives and forks. Two sets of skewers. One meat chopper. One cinder sifter. One coffee pot. A colander. Three... Block tin saucepans, five iron saucepans, one ditto and steamer, one large boiling pot, four iron stew pans, one dripping pan and stand, one dustpan, one fish and egg slicer, two fish kettles, one flour box, three flat irons, two frying pans, one gritty iron, uh, what... Gridiron, sorry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. One mustard pot, one salt cellar, one pepper box, one pair of bellows, three jelly molds, one plate basket, one cheese toaster, one coal shovel, and one wood meat screen. Wow. It's like going to bed, bath, and beyond today.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wow. Here's the thing. I don't know what half of that was.
1: I don't know either. Victorian stuff, you know.
0: Yeah. Back before, you know,
1: microwaves. (laughs) Okay. So, um, her book was an enormous success, um, but that doesn't mean that they always had a great time. Um, They started, her and Mr. Beaton started another magazine called The Queen, The ladies' Newspaper. Um, Again... It was published weekly, um, but was more like um, a social report. Okay. Uh, Kind of like, I guess, Us Weekly. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, And then um, they sold that magazine um, just a year later. So I guess it was doing okay, but maybe they wanted to move on. Um, And then... In December of 1861, so right before they sold the magazine, her son died. Yeah, um, a scarlet fever on New Year's Eve. So um, that, again, like I said earlier, was, uh, was quite unfortunate. There is kind of a rumoring, although it's not able to be proven, that Mr. Beaton, perhaps before they were married, contracted syphilis from yeah. uh, from a lover and uh, perhaps might have given it to Mrs. Beaton, and so her children um, either died in utero or were diseased. Uh, but it's not all bad because they later went on to have two living children um, who produced a lineage that goes all the way down to Bear Grills today. <laughs> Wait,
0: what? What a twist at the end. Bear Grills? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa.
1: There's a lot of people in between her I mean, and Bear yes. Grills, obviously, but Bear Grylls is a descendant of Mr. and Mrs. Beaton.
0: Wow. What a twist. Can you tell me <laughs> anything else from her book?
1: Um, well... So, as far as her book goes, one of the often quoted passages contains advice about taking your favorite dogs or children to another lady's drawing room. Huh. Why? Um, so, we've talked to d- before about calling cards, right? And how in the Victorian era, you would pay calls to people mm-hmm. um, and dogs, were kind of accessories at the time. And
0: so it's advice on how to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, n- not to. She basically says. Okay.
0: See, I thought you were saying, like, listen, if you want to get ahead in this world, take your dog no. or your child. <laughs>
1: No, the other way. Okay. The other way, she says, it is not advisable at any time to take favorite dogs into another lady's drawing room, for many persons have an absolute dislike to such animals. And besides, Those people are
0: wrong, of course, <clears throat> but go on.
1: Besides this, there is always a chance of breakage of some article occurring through their leaping or bounding here and there, sometimes very much to the fear and annoyance of the hostess. Her children also, unless they are particularly well-behaved and orderly, and she is on exceedingly friendly terms with the hostess, should not accompany a lady in making morning calls. Where a lady, however, pays her visits in a carriage, the children can be taken in the vehicle and remain in it until the visit is over. This passage I found quoted in probably three or four sightings of Mrs. Beaton. It's it's a it's a famous sort of thing of hers. Can I say,
0: and I wouldn't have felt this way however many years ago when we started Schmanners, but on its surface level, right, that sounds a little snobby, right? Like, oh dogs and kids, huh? But once again, I think this goes back to a point that we have repeated many, many times is that isn't about like being a good person or being a nice person. It's like if you're trying to social climb and you're trying to like make moves and you want to make a good impression, here's some advice, right? Like you don't have to do it. If, like if you want to take your kids, sure. But if you're trying to play the game and you're trying to like behave the way that someone will approve of and maybe invite you to the next thing so that you can keep moving up, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Yes. And I think too often people mistake stuff like this for like how to be a good person. This isn't about being good or nice or whatever. It's about being invited to the party, you know?
1: It's about behaving amongst others, basically. Right.
0: But not, once again, polite and, like... um, Mm, No, not... No, no. it's not about being good or being nice or, like, even people, like, liking you as a friend, but just, like, okay, that went smoothly, I will be invited back, and then maybe the boss will like my husband or my wife will make a good impression on this person and we'll get... And, like... It's all about climbing, you know? (laughs) That's what these people were super worried about, not making friends.
1: Well, and um, one of the things... They literally
0: (laughs) didn't go there to make friends. Okay, go on.
1: (laughs) One of the things that Mrs. Beaton also talks about in her book is that she was a firm believer in the idea that if a home is welcoming and well-managed, a spouse is more likely who like you and stay there Uh, and in in victorian england this was a concern because there were a lot of places that a um a spouse could go and at that time it would be husbands that husbands could go in between work and home and maybe Hit the bars or maybe hit the brothels or you know the gambling tables, all that kind of stuff. And her thing was, if you want a happy home, here's your manual to do it so that you can have kind of like wedded domestic bliss.
0: I see, I'm so
1: s- not just climbing society, also
0: the social status of a marriage. Yeah, I mean, uh. It's, it's okay That's a,
1: it's a highly yeah. Victorian idea right
0: it's absolutely valid for the time it feels weird now to be like ladies if you don't make a happy home it's really your fault am I right but like I do get where at the time yeah like that was unfortunately how it worked and it just sucks that that's how it worked because there wasn't a lot of recourse you know because very, very few women at the time were making enough even if they were making any to like be confident in leaving their husbands.
1: Right. And we've talked about the idea of divorce in um, in Victorian England and like how although there were some ways for a woman to get whatever was due, it usually didn't happen. Um, so back to her personal life for a moment. She did have, I like I said, two living sons after the second Samuel died, she had Orchard on New Year's Eve of 1863 and Mason um, in January of
0: 1865.
1: Did you say Orchard? Orchard. Spell that. O-R-C-H-A-R-T.
0: Just everyone remember that when you're like, oh, people these days calling the kid Apple? Like, <laughs> you know, that's weird, but he has a kid named Orchard. So.
1: Yeah. Um, and. I know that we just talked about how it was it was kind of stuck in time in the Victorian era, but she actually has some pretty liberal views sprinkled in there, things like topics like science and religion, uh how they might be separate. Um industrialism, opinions on how industrialism affects uh, working conditions and the environment, um, the importance of animal welfare, and she went on and on and on about the the use of local and seasonal produce, oh. uh, because this is the time in Victorian England where um, the urban landscape is changing very rapidly, and um, it is possible that a lot of the food was adulterated, mm. um, you know, with things like soap and sawdust and you know generally bad stuff so she was like um, it's important that you eat locally eat seasonally know where it comes know from know where no, it comes fresh. from grow it yourself that kind of stuff
0: okay well I like all of that
1: yeah Um. so she died what oh no relatively young at the age of
0: 28 wow that um, is young
1: after giving birth to her second son, Mason. Um, and she died of what's called childbed fever, um, which basically is just a um, kind of infection that sets in after mm-hmm. childbirth. Sometimes it's a an, an infection akin to... Um, like sepsis, like a blood infection or something like that, Um, but it usually is related to trauma during childbirth. Uh, Like I said, she was only 28, and to have been, you know, to have a 1,000-plus-page book that really survives the test of time and it really being basically about the domestication, of the household in Victorian England.
0: Uh, yeah, I bet it's a, is pretty awesome. I bet that's a ton of information too, especially yeah. when you're including like prices of stuff and mm-hmm. everything. I bet like anthropologically that's like a gold mine.
1: Yeah. So it's it's, you know, it's worth knowing about and well, I'm glad I could educate. Now
0: you. I do. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us for yet another episode. Uh, there are so many other amazing shows on maximumfun.org. And listen, you should check them all out, but I want to give a very special plug. and I know we've talked about it before, but now I want to give an even better plug, which is Bubble. It is a new show on Max Fawn that is like a narrative sitcom sci-fi podcast. The production quality on it is amazing. The cast is amazing. Uh, the main characters include Christella Alonzo, uh, Alison Becker, Eliza Skinner, uh, Mike Mitchell... Um, did I say Alison Becker? Yeah. Okay, and Keith Powell, and it's and it's really incredible. Um, I got to spend a lot of time because I have a part in it in a, in an episode or two. Me and my brothers, um, so I got to spend some time with them and the creator Jordan Morris, who you may know from Jordan Jesse Go at San Diego Comic Con, and all of them are amazing. And I am caught up on all the episodes, and I absolutely love it. It is so funny and so good. Like, I can't recommend it enough. So make sure you check out Bubble and all the other amazing shows. And if you're a fan of The Adventure Zone, please consider going to theadventurezonecomic.com, ordering a copy, maybe going to like a Barnes & Noble and seeing if it's there. Um, Let's see what else. Oh, we're working on some uh, Schmanners merch, which we've never had before. So hopefully we should have that up soon. And we're also working... It is
1: going to be... so cute.
0: Yeah. We're also working on some more like convention appearances and everything. I'm going to be at Gen Con um, next weekend. So August 2nd through 5th in Indianapolis. Um, I'm doing a couple panels. Let me see if I can pull it up a uh, real quick. If you go to my Twitter, I'm going to pin it or I'll tweet out a bunch. But <laughs> if you search Travis McElroy Gen Con. He'll
1: tweet out constantly. Yeah, you'll
0: find it. But I'm doing a panel uh, called Open DMs, where me and some other dungeon master slash game masters are going to talk about like our process and give advice on that. I'm going to live stream a game of Munchkin with some really cool people. Um, I'm doing a special kind of workshop on like D and D character creation. Um, so yeah, if you and want to...
1: I may or may not take BB to the children's museum.
0: Well, I'm going to try to trick <laughs> Teresa and BB into coming on the show floor at least, at least once for BB's first convention we'll see um but yeah so if you want to uh see me at gen con check those out you can follow us on twitter at schmanners cast if you have any ideas for topics
1: yes please
0: you can email us shmanners sh- cast at gmail.com uh what else teresa
1: well you can join our fan run facebook group um schmanners fanners to uh you know get to know other schmanners fanners <laughs> and get some advice from them um and we have some thank yous we always love to say thank you to brent Floss black for writing our theme music that is available as a ringtone where those are sold thank you to kayla m wassell for our twitter thumbnail art and to keely weiss photography for that banner for the schmanners fanners facebook group
0: and that's, i can't oh, believe i got it. that all out yeah great. And that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: Manners, Schmanners. Get it? <laughs>